You're listening to episode 30 of the Senior Style Guide Real Talk Podcast. I am your host, Sean Brown, and today we have John Scott of Robert's Camera joining us. Welcome, happy Monday. I cannot wait to have you guys here for this episode. This is one that I really think that you guys are gonna love just because John is one of the most awesome people to talk to. We actually met a few years back at the Senior Style Guide Push Conference where he was uh, representing Robert's camera and he was one of the most knowledgeable, helpful, insightful people that I've ever had the chance to work with or um, have helped me just whether that's talking shop or finding a solution to one of the gear problems that I have. And Robert's camera has really become the premier source for photo, video, and audio equipment and work from work with everybody from the top pros in the business to if you're just a beginner wanting to learn more about taking pictures, Robert's is is there for you. And at the core pillar of all of that is is John, who is part of our customer service team, helps photographers on the daily. And one of the things that we really go into in this episode is customer service and and what it means to have fantastic, top-notch customer service. We're also going to dive into the, the film to digital era and what John witnessed during that, adapting to change, which I think so many of us are resistant to, but why it's so important, and then also just continuing education and learning. And one of the things that one of the reasons that I asked John to be part of this podcast, aside from just how awesome of an individual he is, is that John, as part of the team at Robert's Camera, really has an insight into a ton of different photographers' experiences. While you know we might have one photographer on who is sharing about their personal experience, John really takes into account all of the photographers he works with and everything that he's heard. So not only do you get one photographer's view, you really actually get kind of a combination of a lot of views, and that's what kind of informs John on on some of his um, insights and, and look into the industry, which I think is super powerful. So I'm really excited to bring you guys this episode and have you as part of the conversation. So let's dive into episode 30 with John Scott of Robert's Camera. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. I am Sean Brown, your host, and today we have John Scott on from Robert's Camera in Indianapolis, Indiana. Super stoked to have him on. John is one of the leads at Robert's who, you know, if you guys have ever inquired about anything photography in the Senior Style Guide group from an equipment standpoint, you've probably seen John hop on. He is a wealth of information and a tremendous resource uh, for us to have in the photography community. So we're super excited to have him on and we'll just kind of hear his take about photography and and life and business and all that stuff. So welcome to Real Talk. Thank you, Sean. Glad to be here. So um, give us a little bit of insight into who you are. How did you get started with photography? What are you doing now? All of that fun stuff. All right. We have to uh, rewind to my childhood, I guess. Um, <clears throat> I was always a like a drawing and painting kid coming up. My, I mean, all as far back as I can remember, I was just super artsy. I mean, played sports and read books, whatever. But like, if I could just sit down with a pencil and just sketch stuff, my brother's the same way. My sister's graphic designer. Like that just runs in our family. Um, so I was that all through my childhood and then into high school. 
uh, you know, I think it was my sophomore year of high school, or excuse me, my junior year of high school, I took a photo class, right? Just, hey, sure, why not? And it was suddenly this melding of the minds. It was all the arts and the design and the graphic and everything that, that just suddenly played into math and science. And, you know, photography is, it's, it's such a creative field, but it's so technical. You know, there's so much that you can do when you know exactly how to control and, and understand the physics of things. Uh, and that part of my mind just woke up. I mean, it was really like flipping the switch. So that's where I found my home. Uh, my high school photography teacher just so happened to run his own portrait studio business. Uh, and I mean, it was probably 60 days into that class I was working for. You know, we would go out and we, we did all the township school events. We did the dances and senior portraits and weddings on the weekends. And it was just this like portrait studio. Uh, by the time I was 18, I was a principal shooter. Uh, you know, we were, he'd go on vacation and I'd basically run the business for 10 days. That's awesome. It was, it was this just incredible immersed experience of, of getting into uh, a business at a young age, much like Sean here, you know, it just, it just, you know, it, it just woke up inside of me and I was just really enriched by it. You know, it was a really cool experience. Uh, so, you know, I've been doing this in a professional environment uh, since I was basically 16 years old, you know, which is, which is kind of crazy. So I, I learned on medium format Mamiya cameras, you know, we're, I'm shooting with $30,000 worth of equipment when I'm 17 years old going, what is this stuff? It's crazy, you know, and, uh, you know, Q flashes, the old quantum Q flashes, and we, you know, carry around 15 pound camera kits at weddings. And it was just, you know, we did a, we did a really interesting job of and a different approach than what a lot of people did back then. Uh, and it was this, uh, I think what was really interesting to me from a professional environment is uh, there's like a market separation of you know having these high-end tools uh versus that like you know weekend warrior photographer that you know had a you know 400 rebel camera and you know went and shot weddings and that's a business model i'm not knocking it um uh, but it, i just i think i learned that that appreciation from an early age and learned that there's a, a very professional appearance and atmosphere that comes with that um so kind of fast forward a little bit you know go to college and, and uh, in 2001, um, I left that studio and I decided to start my own thing, which I still do part-time. I hardly have any time to shoot anymore. <laughs> I was about to say you're on the go pretty much. Oh man, uh, yeah, my, rest, my, my resting heartmate is, uh, is 117. That's, that's my yeah. joke, right? It's just you know, nonstop all the time. Uh, you know, so since 2001, I've run my own studio part-time, just kind of doing the jobs that I wanna do. Um, you know, got into digital photography in, what was it, 2004 or 2005? Um, so it's, you know, I've been in that market for a long, long time. And I got to say what, I, I started with Roberts in 2004. Uh, you know, so one of the neatest experiences of being involved in this company was that, you know, I, it's, it's been a complete immersification. Like, you know, you're, you're, in the technology you're seeing it change on a daily basis and that has just kept me knowledgeable it's kept me in the know it's been, it's been my job to know all this kind of stuff but it's also fed back into my understanding and appreciation of my own photography and how i can make my business work better so it's just been this really cool marriage for a long long time on a professional level 
uh, you know, and now I take pictures of my kid. That's, you know, that's basically all I do in my photography anymore, uh, which is a great thing to do. She's well, it's, it's funny because I feel like most photographers get into photography by starting to take photos of your kids. Right. And now you're kind of the opposite where you're like, you've been in photography for so long. Yeah. And now it's kind of coming full circle where now you're being able to utilize your skills to, to take your kids' portraits and all that stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it is this, this strange inverse from what a lot of the <laughs> small studios in the, across the country do. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, but you know, it is, it's, it's so cool getting to work with all of these people, you know, and, and I've, we work nationwide. I mean, I get to know people in Washington, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and we met here locally with Push Conference, but yep. You know, we have, we have customers literally across the country, you know, in every single state and, uh, you know, government business and university business. And, uh, you know, it's this really uh, large breadth of, of, of different clientele. Uh, so we, we get to know a lot of different people in a lot of different walks of life. Uh, and, and everyone's just super passionate about making images, you know. So that's it really at the core of it is just we all just want to, you know, help push the, the ball a little farther down the road, make photography a little bit better place, you know, and, and record things along the way, document everything. That's such a, such an important thing for the world to, to be able to capture, uh, you know, really important decisive moments, whether it's oh, totally. or, or, you know, of, of, you know, some end of the war doctrine being signed. I mean, like it, the whole breadth of that is so important to document. So um, I'm a little bit of a nut about photography. I I love it. So what is, um, for those people who may not know you as well, what's your specific role at Robert's camera? Sure. Sure. Um, so I, I'm on our professional sales team and again, that, that covers government, corporate, uh, educational business. So typically universities and colleges, um, but you know, I get calls from K through 12 schools constantly, you know, and, and, you know, they, they, it's cool to see photography as being taught, you know, just like you, you probably have a, you know, a Spanish language class in first grade these days. Uh, there's a lot of schools that are like middle schools, you know, putting little, you know, point and shoot cameras in kids' hands when they're 10 years old and they catch that bug early, you know, um, get a chance to talk to some of those students every once in a while, like local schools around Indianapolis. And, you know, you just see like their eyes open up. They're so excited about the photo process. So, um, yeah, so it's, I mean, we're, we're handle sales, but you know, with Roberts, it's all about service. You know, we want to make sure that everyone's in, you know, knows what they're getting into, understands what they need, uh, you know, get them the gear and make sure they know what they're doing with it. Uh, it's, it's really a, it's a different business model than you see a lot of other companies out there. Uh, you know, it's, it's much like as a small studio owner, you want to get to know your clients. You want to be helpful to your clients. You want that, that constant contact. You want that, you know, phone calls and emails and, you know, let me know what your concerns. What are you thinking? How are you feeling? You know, give me your feedback. You know, do you have friends? You have a referral business. Uh, Roberts is very grassroots. You know, we want, to, we want to get to know good people and help good people do what they do. Uh, so you just have to call on us. But, uh, you know, that's, I, it's pretty diverse, I guess, what I do. But, you know, whether it's building out a studio or helping your, you know, you buy a lens, whatever. I mean, it's we do, we do the whole gamut of it. Totally. And, and kind of going off of that, something that I think is so interesting with you guys and, and Roberts is that you really take the time to figure out what solution works for everyone. 
um, rather than, you know, a one size fits all approach, which I think a lot of photographers can, can learn from too, where it's not all clients are the same and each client might need a different kind of take on, on your customer service approach. So what's your philosophy behind customer and client service? Philosophy wise, it's, it's really, it's just how do you take care of people? Treat, you know, kind of golden rule philosophy, right? Treat others as you would yourself. You know, if, if your, you know, great aunt wanted to buy a camera, you're, you know, you're like, yeah, all right, well, let's figure out what you really need. Cause you know, I gotta just go, you know, sell you a bill of goods. I want you to have fun and get some use out of it. Uh, you know, so whether it's for, for professional use or recreational, uh, you know, everybody, you're absolutely right, has very different needs. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not a Costco approach. It's not that, like, big buy something in a box. Uh, you know, we'll ship it to you in a box, but what goes inside that box is going to be different for, for almost everybody. Uh, you know, so, you know, that's, that's really, you got to just take it down to bare bones and get to know your people. And the more I get to know my clients, the better I can help them. You know, anymore it's, you know, whether it's Facebook or what I did multiple orders over Facebook yesterday, you know, just yeah. chatting, instant messaging, you know, I was talking to a buddy's friend, what on Instagram messaging last week, helping him with the camera purchase. It's just, it's constant. And, and, you know, whatever way you want to communicate, you know, that's, you, you just, you find ways to help people. Yeah. yeah. That's so, so let's, let's talk about that too. You mentioned taking sales over Facebook, Instagram, you know, when you're getting into photography and even when you started at Roberts in 2004, Facebook yeah. wasn't even out yet. So, exactly. so let's even talk about the change from social and, and even that move from say film to digital, what was yeah. like the biggest shift to how did you see people adapt? What were people's shortcomings? Just the whole scope of what you observed kind of going from really one age to another. Yeah, uh, you know the the transition from film to digital was not a, an overnight transition. For a lot of people, it kind of feels that way, uh, but there were a lot of diehard film shooters that hung on for a long time. There was a lot of early adopters. Uh, you know, there were people that started in digital photography. You know, at the turn of the century. You know, in in two thousand, and and there were some. Uh, looking back, some pitiful cameras available then, you know, for, yeah. for gobs of money. Two megapixel uh, shooters and all that fun yeah, stuff. Exactly. Yeah. But, uh, you know, for newspaper business, that was, that was turnkey solution, you know, to, to be able to expedite that production and, and release to press philosophy uh, in the news business, which is something Roberts has done since probably the mid 80s. We've worked with large newspaper companies all across the country, uh, you know, and, and, you know, if you, whoever gets that information out first, right, that's okay. You're winning. Right? Whatever hits the wire first, yep. that's it. That's newspaper business for you. Uh, you know, whether it's sports or, or, you know, you know just. Yeah. Politics. Very familiar with that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you do, absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's right. Right. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, that business model going to digital was, was really accelerated um, because of, because of that particular client base. Um, the small studio business certainly didn't take on so quickly, uh, but when it caught fire, which I'd say was probably like 2005, 2006, 2007, those few years, uh, it was like a night and day turn at going into digital imaging. Uh, and I think a large part of that was um, what Canon's first 5D, right? I think it was 2006. 
it was a, it was a, it was the first affordable quote unquote affordable full frame digital camera and people just went totally crazy for it you know it was it was absolutely a, a huge change in what could be done with digital photography uh, so that was a really exciting time to, you know, kind of see that, that market turnover and see what the technology would allow you to do. The potential was enormously different. So, uh, you know, that, that constant transition. Uh, and again, digital really hasn't stopped. I mean, we're still seeing new technology with, with autofocusing potential, like you were talking about with Canon's dual pixel technology or, or Sony's eye autofocus, which is, uh, you know, a mirrorless technology. That's, that's a new innovation that has just absolutely taken the world by storm. So, you know, it's, it's nonstop. I don't, I don't see the end anywhere in sight. It's just yeah. keep going and going and going. Yeah. Well, and in that transition, I think that people always hear about the kind of the rise and the fall of the studio during that transition period where there were studios that held on to maybe they were shooting film for too long and didn't necessarily make that leap into the new age. Right. Absolutely. What did you see from a, you know, because you were kind of working in the business at that point where I'm sure you saw professional photographers where they're like, we're not ever switching to digital. And, and now all of a sudden, you know, that kind of failure to, to adapt, you know, the, the <clears throat> pardon me, the, uh, the writing was, was absolutely on the wall. Uh, and for those that didn't adapt, they died. Uh, it was, it was kind of sad to see. I mean, there was, there was plenty of really, kind of high-end studios that had their exact business model in place. They had the production working, you know, it was just, everything was great. They had their, you know, turn the business, turn the business. And, and, you know, they're putting bread and butter on the table. And at the end of the day, I mean, they're feeding their families yeah. and they just refused, you know, this is, and then, and then the complaint of, Oh, these young kids with digital cameras and like, you know what? There's a, there's a great saying that a, a good friend of mine, um, Joe Levine, who's a wonderful um, commercial food photographer based out of uh, Colorado. Um, he used to work for Profoto as an educational liaison. So we'd go to universities and we'd go in together and we'd teach students about lighting and uh, you know, set up school studios and things like that. Um, but he had this, this thing that he, used, he would talk to uh, college students and he'd say, be better or be bitter. And it was just, it was this, you know, when you're talking to a, a 20 year old kid, you know, like literally you have no idea the competition that's out there. You have no idea the skill set that so many young people have. And if you don't try to push your game farther forward, then you will not survive. It is an incredibly competitive market uh, in, in, in every market, you know, demographically, uh, environmentally, across the entire country. There, there's absolutely a, a very strong uh, competitor, uh, you know, in, in your one town over, if you will. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of those, those old studios. Unfortunately, they just died on the vine. You know, they just refused to adapt and grow. Uh, you know, Kodak has a famous quote. Kodak says, oh, digital's just a fad. <laughs> you know yeah and, that worked out well for them yeah yeah so uh you know but the cool thing with film is that it's not a dead market there's a lot of there's a lot of studios very high-end art studios that are you know we we only shoot film we'll shoot your wedding on film whatever and they found a way to market that where they're you know putting in you know five-figure weddings uh you know and, and that's kind of it's kind of cool that you can see that market still transition and st people still work that angle um there's there's some good um, processing labs across the country. There's not a bunch, but there's a few good ones that will give you some really nice, uh, clean processed film, which is a hard thing to do anymore because there's really not optically, there's, there's no optical printers. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, if you're not familiar with, you know, film and, and printing back in the old days, you had actually print optically, you know, on and larger, even high-end commercial studios would do this. Uh, when I shot with that first studio, when I was a teenager, we, we worked with the largest studio in our five state area. Uh, and it was this little ranch house, like an hour east of Indianapolis with, I don't know, $10 million worth of lab equipment in it. Uh, you know, but we had one person who printed all of our negs, who spot toned all of our negs, one person that got to know our shooting style and how we lit things and how we exposed things. So when we got our transparencies back and we got our proofs back, man, I mean, these, this was a professional lab. Well, it's all changed now with digital imaging, but to get that, that really good quality transparency and then get an incredibly good digital file from that, that's a, that's a difficult process. It takes some really high-end gear to, to do that, do it really, really well. So again, it's, it's cool that film is still in the mix. Um, you know, if I never smell stop bath again, I'll be happy. I don't, I don't <laughs> mind not being in the darker. Probably better for all of our health. <laughs> yeah, <right>. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's been a wild ride, Sean. I mean, there's, there's a lot that's happened in the last 20 years in photography. It's really changed dramatically. Totally. Well, and I think the, one of the biggest things it did was it, it removed that, that bar of entry. It set it a lot lower. Oh, sure. Of people being able to get into the business. So how do you see photographers coming in? And I'm sure you've heard these stories where, you know, they're just going to pick up a DSLR for somebody's birthday. And the next thing you know, they're trying to go full time. So what's like the craziest or, you know, one of the stories that stuck with you of somebody who persevered and really took the initiative to go from kind of that amateur to professional or, or, you know, part-time at least making that second income or whatnot. Right. Right. And a lot of it is, is exactly what you said. I mean, you, you just have a passion for it. You know, again, the inverse of what I'm doing, you know, have done in my, <laughs> my career, my life. Uh, but uh, I think you got to look at, let's, let's take this for example, the last round of Nikon ambassadors that Nikon pulled onto their ambassador. You've got uh, Dixie Dixon, you've got, Jen Rosenbaum, you've got, you know, some of these really very talented, very, very talented, very creative photographers that didn't necessarily start off to have a photo career. Uh, you know, they're, they, 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 I think, adapted into the business very quickly and grew with it or, you know, or, or came as a young kid out of college and, you know, went, I don't know what I want to do. Photography sounds cool. Um, you know, and I'm not naming names to those two, two photographers specifically, uh, but you know, it's there. There's all so much potential in in what can be done. Uh, you know, when you have that that young initiative, and really incredible, very accessible technology. I think that nails it. Uh, the meters that we have in our cameras today, the focusing capability that we have in our cameras today, is just mind blowing yeah. when you compare it to what was available even 10 years ago. Uh, it's it's really an incredible new capability, and I think it's easier to make a good image than ever before. Oh yeah, so you're right that you know that bar of entry is is so easy to clear. Well, uh, I mean now you've got Apple campaigns where it's shot on iPhone and it's <laughs> that are on billboards. Right. Which, you know, right. a decade ago we would have thought it was ludicrous to shoot something on a right. device that you know we throw in our pocket and all of a sudden it's being printed 30 by 40 on billboards. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think one of the neatest things 
to think about with that is that while something may be shot on a phone, the production value that goes into that, I mean, when, when Apple shoots an ad, even if they shoot it on an iPhone, you know, a, a, let's say it's a, what, a new iPhone, it's a thousand dollar piece of hardware at retail, right? That's, that's nothing in the grand scheme of, you know, a giant global advertising campaign. Yeah. But the production that goes yeah. into that commercial is still, you know, 50 staff and, you know, a year and a half of pre-production. And it's, I mean, these are six figure, you know, kind of mindsets to come up with that scenario. While the technology is, is easier than ever before, and that means that there's an oversaturation of the market, the people that really take a step back and see the bigger picture and really try and plan to create are always the most successful ones. And that doesn't matter the medium. You know, to say, say you're, you know, uh, a local tax accountant, right? I mean, how do, you, how do you gather that market in your neighborhood? How do you reach out to people? It's always, always about that, that pre-planning and staging of a business. So to be the most successful, you have to have what it takes, sure. But, you know, you have to also be business savvy. You know, you have to really go out there and chase it. Uh, you know, so that's, I mean, frankly, I wasn't that person. I still run a business and I have some contracts, but I, I was never going to be that world famous photographer. I know that I didn't have that, that business acumen at that young age to really launch into that. I think you're definitely on that track, uh, not Thank to you. flip the script or anything, but you know, you really, you do a wonderful job of, of doing things like this. I mean, just reaching out to people and being important, you know, and that's not, self-fulfilling necessarily i think it's a really valuable thing that you're doing so thank you for that well thank you so let's go back to the point i love um you mentioned I don't, i'm not sure if you saw i think it was a shot on ipad commercial about probably maybe three four it was right around when the new ipad came out and apple did a behind the scenes and i'm not sure if you saw it but it was like you talked about you know 50 60 staff deep um, lighting that probably is more lights than people have set up ever in their career, you know, right. 12, 15, 20 light setups to light this commercial that was shot on an iPad. Right. So let's talk about the tools versus the creative and how you kind of see the, the divide between the two. Well, I think you can't have one without the other. I mean, to, to really do it, well to really execute and of course we're talking about i mean this again it's a world global campaign um you know that's that's a different thing than a lot of people are going to approach Uh, but i think it's a scalable mindset you know just just knowing that you have the potential for high production um you know even if your audience is 10 people or one person instead of millions of people, uh, I think approaching it with that same mindset is really valuable. You know, just just don't ever sell yourself short. Sure. So from a from a technical gear perspective, you know, the right tools are always going to be really instrumental in the creative process. And if the right tools an iPad, so be it. Okay, but like you said, I mean, you've got what five K airy lights that are you know lighting a set, and and you know you're on these, you know. $1,500 high roller stands and you, know, you count, you know, multiply that by 10 and you're like, yeah, the gear budget, it's ridiculous for something like that. Uh, but, but not everyone's going to approach that level, you know? So having, again, just the basic right instrumental tools to do the job you want to do and making part of that, 
the making that part of your your pre-planning right staging the production of what it is whether it's a senior portrait session or a family portrait session or you want to get into you know commercials for a a local company whatever you know you want to do a little you know retail business or a little jewelry shop or you know uh you know how to how to make sure you have the right tools for what you're doing and that's something that we do help people with. I mean, just trying to, to make sure that they understand what they need to get the job done and do it right. Um, but the other aspect is, is like you said, the creative process and, and just, you know, having the marriage of those two things, having the, uh, the foresight to, you know, the vision, if you will, to, yeah. to, to, to know what you want to get at the end of the day. Um, and it doesn't come overnight. I mean, a lot of that is practical experience. You have to try, try, try. Uh, back in the olden days, we'll call it, uh, you know, you didn't, you didn't really shoot photography year round uh, in, in colder climates, at least, you know, for the last couple of months of the year, January of the next year, you'd go into your studio and you'd work on, you know, new lighting techniques and, con- you know, these days we shoot year round. It's just what clientele expects of us, frankly, uh, you know, so you just keep doing it and keep putting money in your wallet. So, uh, you know, but that doesn't leave you always the time that you need to to really approach technique and and sharpen your skill set. So it's well. Uh, go ahead. And well, let's even let's even break it down a little bit further in terms of technology and and that creative. Where I think a lot of photographers, I'm sure you've seen it in Facebook groups, where all of a sudden this kid down the road or whatever is getting a DSLR and they're worried about how they're going to put your business out of, out of business because they're going to be taking all your clients by not pricing themselves correctly and all that stuff. What do you say to those photographers who are worried about somebody getting a DSLR and then coming in and taking all their business or taking over their market? The hard truth is, is don't worry about it. You know, if, if you're not confident in the business model that you have and maintaining your clients, hey, hey, work harder to maintain your clients. You know, at the end of the day, client retention and and balancing that relationship is more about conversation and being approachable and being professional than it is about your deliverables. You know, it's, I know that you can go buy a Canon 6D at 400 places in this country, Sean. And I appreciate that you and I do business together and I love helping you out. I'm, you know, I, I love doing this chat with you. I love talking to you and I love getting to know you better and getting to know your needs better. And I think that has to count for something or I wouldn't be doing it. You know, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we're all running a business to some extent for some reason. And, uh, you know, we, and I think when we all work together, that's when everyone has the best success. So that's, that's why we do what we do. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're really concerned about that 18 year old kid, that's got some gumption and, you know, he's 25 years, your junior, and he's ready to race, you know what, approach the kid. Maybe you want to work together on some few things, maybe bring him under your wing and, and help him craft his creative process or her creative process. And, uh, you know, they, he can help you generate some new ideas. You know, there's no reason you can't work as a community to get things done. If you're simply unwilling to, you know, think a little bit differently and, and change what you're doing with your world, then ultimately, you know, that's, that's kind of it for you. You know, I think, I think you hit it right on the nail with that adapting kind of aspect. I think everybody gets there eventually. I mean, we all hang up our, our spurs at some point, 
you know, I've don't know why I said that I've never been a cowboy, but you know, uh, you know, it's, it's you, I don't think I'll ever really retire, you know, so to speak. I always want to be doing something. That's just my, what's built into me, uh, you know, but uh, you know, I, I probably won't do this my entire life, you know, but there'll always be some new avenue, something interesting. And I think that that personality level is, is what really kind of pushes people forward. Um, so know yourself and know what you want to do and, and, you know, kind of like never stop learning. Right. I've always envied the professional student. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, let's talk gear acquisition syndrome. <laughs> when have you seen a time or what's your uh, take on people letting their gear hold them back from achieving their potential with what they currently have? Um, yeah. If you don't spend time to get to know what you're doing with what you have, you know, it's start with one light. Sometimes you need seven. Sure. Right. But you know, you, you have to know how to light with one light before you can light with seven lights. Otherwise you don't know what the other six are doing. You know, it's, uh, you know, just putting everything on, you know, TTL and just letting it fly. Yeah, you, you can get pretty light with high end equipment. You can get clean quality light with the Profoto or bronze color. You know, that's the way that they emit light is, is actually different than you get out of a, you know, budget $200 strobe. It's, it really is different. Uh, but the, you know, the approach and the, the mentality of knowing what you're doing with that obviously is what makes the image be what it is so you know it's it's really important to kind of rein that in every once in a while um you know i don't know that I, most of the most of the people that we work with these days i don't have to really worry about that um you know there's there's a lot of people in more in the consumer world if you will uh but uh it's it's still a it's still a real problem you know yeah. there's there's help groups for this i'm sure <laughs> uh I'll tell you a funny story though. There was a, there was a guy that came in, actually, I think it was that original 5d and he came in and this is, you know, 2007 or something. And, uh, you know, he, he, he basically buys a whole brand new system, you know, 24 to 70, 7,200 new flashes, you know, it's seven, $8,000 later, you know, he's real happy. He's you know, really, really happy. He's smiling ear to ear. And you know, it's, it's a cool day for you. Congratulations. He goes, no, I mean, I'm happy. Yeah. But this, my wife and I have a deal where anytime I buy new camera gear, I can buy as much as I want. And as long as I buy her the same jewelry, <laughs> it's like, this is a whole new kind of issue, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Woo. Right. So yeah. that was a $16,000 day for him, but, uh, but he left happy, you know, he, he got what he wanted. And, and sometimes it is, you know, you got to kind of bite the bullet and this is, this is the tool set that I need for what I want to do right now. It's important not to, I guess at the end of the day, let the numbers kind of, kind of worry you, um, you know, as long as you have a good business strategy and you know what you're going to do with that, you know, don't just go buy $10,000 and then go, well, what next? Right. Yeah. Have an idea before you go in the door. Uh, but, uh, you know, this sometimes that the right tool just cost a couple extra bucks. Yeah. When I, I think, um, I mean, I get photographers messaging me all the time about what, what lens, what camera are you on? Mm -hmm. And, you know, honestly, most of the images that I shoot, if you needed to shoot it with another type of lens in kind of the same realm, if you shot it with an 85 versus a 70 to 200 that I'm on, you're going to achieve roughly the same results. So I think that people, a lot of people almost get caught up in 
wanting to shoot the exact same way as others and not necessarily even understanding the tools that they have at their disposal to create something a little bit different or right. to achieve a similar result with what they already have too. Right. Yeah. I think a lot of that comes from, you know, there's a lot of people that are in this business these days that have no um, educational background, you know, that you went to school, you went through college, you know, and you did education or philosophy or, you know, general studies or, or whatever, or, you know, you were a biologist for 12 years and you're like, I'm tired of that grind and I love photography. So I'm going to do that. I'm not knocking that. Please pursue your passions. You know, as long as you can still feed your family, pursue your passions. Uh, you know, but uh, I think not going through that kind of that educational learning curve that's the fundamental experience when you're that, you know, 20 year old person, uh, you know, you, you have a hard time appreciating what can be done with a 35 millimeter camera, a 50 millimeter lens and 400 speed film, black and white even, right? Okay, here's your incredibly tight constraints, go make images, uh, you know, and, and that's it. That's what you get. So you had to find a way to be creative with just that really small tool set. Uh, honing your craft on that makes you work harder. And, you know, that, that really does make a big difference as far as what you can do at the end of the day. You know, it's you start to see differently. You start to see light. You start to see what the image is before you put that camera to your eye. Um, you know, you'll see... If you look at like uh, behind the scenes, you know, director of photographers, uh, you know, filmmaking stuff like that, and they're walking around doing this, you know, it's like, that's, here's, here's my lens. Okay. I'm framing my shot, uh, you know, and just kind of getting that, that appreciation with no piece of gear in your hand really makes a big difference. Uh, so for people that are just always like, what's the next piece of gear to help me enhance my creativity? That, absolutely. That's true. Sometimes, you know, if you don't have a telephoto lens, Sure, that's going to give you a different look, and maybe that's a look that you really, really like, uh, you know. But uh, what can be done with the gear in your hands, uh, you know, and honing your craft is so very, very important. Yeah. Let's shift gears a little bit. What are you obsessed with that's not photography related? I love my daughter. I love my my family. Is man, I if I'm not working, I'm I'm at home just relaxing and and doing stuff, running around the backyard. Uh, you know, it's I'm totally that like nut job family man guy. I love <laughs> love being at home with my kids and my and my wife. Uh, but um, you know, woodworking. I just I'm terrible at it, but I like doing it. You know, I got a router for Christmas last year. That was fun. You know, I still have all my fingers. That's nice. Um, you know, there's a uh, I like being hands-on with things. I mean, that's building things and, and anything that's creative process, something I can, I can try something different. You know, I'm handy in the kitchen. You know, I can, you know, it's, it's, it's all kind of sounds like, like simple stuff, right? I mean, you have to eat. So, you know, why not know how to make food? But, uh, you know, I, I really, I enjoy it. It's anything that's, you know, trying something new and, and, you know, creative processes just in a nutshell that's yeah that's what it, it makes me smile when you're a busy guy how do you find time to pursue passions other than you know work or what pays the bills sleep less <laughs> i mean 
<laughs> yeah, there, there are there are only so many hours in the day, and I struggle with that still. I mean, I'm I'm pretty tired today. I, I stayed up a little later than I should have last night, but you know, there were some things that I wanted to to discover and learn, and and you know, it's you got to put your feet up and unwind a little bit, you know, and um, it's it's tough. You know, I mean, it's being a being a working parent is 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 a big big challenge, and my wife and I both work, so it's uh, you know, we're always running different directions and meeting back at home at the end of the day so yeah absolutely yeah i mean you just you got to just keep on doing your thing and and tomorrow's a new day and find a way totally um as we kind of end up and kind of get to the end of the show what is one piece of advice that you would give somebody that's either starting their business or is stuck in a rut currently in their business Mm. go learn about the past um you know there there's everything that can be done has already been done in some way. So, you know, copying and, and looking at, you know, imagery that's already out there and, and kind of being inspired by that, but don't just stop at, you know, Pinterest. Don't, you know, don't, don't just scroll through Instagram for an hour and look at what all your friends are doing because that's what's happening now. You know, go look at art history, go look at the painters, go look at, you know, what, what was done 400 years ago. Go look at three dimension, go look at sculpture, go look at architecture, you know, just spend time watching light, sit in the park for an hour and a half, you know, besides it being relaxing and you get some fresh air, you get to see light change, right? An hour and a half, two hours, that's enough time to really see how light shifts as it moves through the sky. You know, so you get long shadows towards the end of the day, you get different color temperature being aware and cognizant of that kind of stuff is is really really eye-opening but you have to constantly pay attention to it um i'll tell you this there was a a buddy of mine who was helping me i i bought a motorcycle quite a few years ago and i rode it for like a month and you need to talk to tom from uh white house oh yeah yeah he's a harley oh nice nice. um but i need i i bought it for cheap and you know it kind of fell apart in a month and so okay well i guess i'm gonna learn motorcycle maintenance you know a good friend of mine you know he's he's pretty handy and mechanically inclined and uh so he started helping me tear it apart and next thing i know you know we pull the motor out and we're you know doing valve timing with new shims and i'm going i don't i'm way in over my head but this is cool like i'm learning stuff right uh you know so you know just kind of that that you know constant education like we were talking about earlier you know that that kind of thing is is really important um there's uh um i lost it i was going somewhere with that Uh oh something about adapt i don't know or yeah learning from the past is what learning from the past yeah there you go so uh you know it's now i have a motorcycle sitting in my garage that i need to get rid of if anybody wants to buy an 82 suzuki 650 it's uh yeah Anyway, um, you know, just this kind of, you know, don't be afraid of those experiences, you know, learn new things and, and, you know, just kind of move forward from it. So I don't know, in a nutshell. I love it. Where, uh, where can people find you? Instagram, Facebook, online, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're in the senior style guide group or push group, uh, you know, John Scott, J O H N S C O T T, um, Instagram is J Scott, J S C O T T. Indy, I-N-D-Y. Um, 
robertscammer.com. I, I think there's actually a picture of me on the website. Oh, nice. Yeah. Now you're famous uh, on advertising yeah. campaigns and everything. <laughs> uh you know but please anything we can do for you you're all you know professional studio owners for the most part i imagine so you know it's this is you're exactly the kind of person that i want to help out um and again as much as as much as you as the business owner counts on referrals and you know good clientele to come back again and again and and just you know keep the lights on right we want to keep our lights on if we're not here tomorrow we can't help more people uh, not that we're going out of business, but you know, it's just, it's one of those things. Like we just constantly want to just be available to help people. So uh, don't hesitate to reach out, ask me silly questions. I get them all day long, constantly. It doesn't matter. I'm happy to help people learn and hone their craft. Awesome. And I always like to end this um, on this note. What is one question that you want to ask our viewers? If you guys are listening to the podcast, go ahead and shoot John and at Senior Style Guide. Uh, so, J Scott Indy or John Scott Indy? Uh, and on uh, Instagram? Yeah. J-, J Scott. J Scott Indy, Senior Style Guide. Send us a DM and we'll answer this question if you guys are listening to the podcast. If you guys are on the YouTube show, go ahead and leave that below in the comments, but we'll have John ask us a question that you guys will answer for us. So what is one thing you want to ask our viewers and listeners? Oh, man. Um, I, I knew you were going to throw me a curveball at some point here. I was <laughs> it, was, it was straightforward up until now, wasn't it? Right. right. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm curious about what people are experiencing, like just, just new stuff that's going on in their creative process. So like what, where are they finding their inspiration or, or their... Um, where I guess kind of where they get their inspiration from, you know, it's, I mean, a lot of people look online, but you know, like, do you, do you sit and, and just like sit on your deck and think about stuff? Are you, is it in conversation like this? You know, where's that direct inspiration come from? Where do you generate new ideas? Uh, you know, it's, if, if you're not doing that, then, you know, you're not, you're not pushing yourself forward, you know? So that's constantly just, you know, it takes to take a time for a breather. Um, I, I struggle with this constantly. Like I just go, go, go. So I don't spend enough time. Sometimes you just got to pull back, sit and hang out for, you know, 10 or 15 minutes and just let your mind open up a little bit. Uh, so I'm, I'm always curious how other people deal with that and where they get their answers. Awesome. Thank you so much, John. Really appreciated you being on guys. If you are joining us for real talk for the first time, thank you guys for being here. Uh, if, you, if this is your second, fourth, fifth, sixth time, welcome back. Um, as always, we're going to be pushing out episodes throughout the year. So make sure that if you guys enjoyed everything, hit that like button, hit that share button, share it out with your friends who you guys think might be able to take away a little piece of this conversation today. And as always, make sure you're hitting the follow and subscribe button so that we guys, that we can keep up to date with you guys and that we can also make sure that you guys are getting those episodes right in your inbox or notifications or wherever you guys get those. So John, thank you so much for being on. I love the conversation. I think it's always really powerful to have somebody um, who you know, has both of their feet in kind of two different areas where equipment and the photography side. So I really enjoyed our conversation today.
Thank you, Sean. It was really a pleasure. Um, and you know, again, anything you need, anybody, anything anybody needs, we're yeah. He's, a, he's your guy. I literally get all my gear from him. Tremendous customer service each and every time. I appreciate you saying that. That's that's all I need to hear. So awesome. that wraps it up for this episode of the Senior Style Guide Real Talk podcast. We are so excited that you guys are joining us, and just want to say a heartfelt thank you. I know that there are so many podcasts out there that you guys have the option to listen to. And it really means the world that you're joining us and giving us a part of your day and really just joining in on part of the conversation and and the community. In addition, make sure that you guys are joining us over on Facebook and the Senior Style Guide group over there, where photographers from all throughout the country contribute, give their input and their advice and their experiences to help other photographers learn and grow. We'd love for you to join us over there as well. So all you have to do is search Senior Style Guide on Facebook, ask to be added to the group, and we'll make sure that you guys get to be a part of the conversation over there. If you haven't had a chance to hit that subscribe button below, please take a second to do that really quick. What that does is it makes sure that you guys keep up to date on all of the content that we're putting out there. We have tons of Real Talk episodes coming to you guys throughout the year from leaders and other photographers that you would love to hear from. So we want to make sure that you do not miss a single episode of that. So go ahead and hit that subscribe button below. Thank you guys for joining us and we cannot wait to have you as part of the listening experience for future podcasts. Looking forward to seeing you guys on the next episode and we'll see you around.